This is Doug Green, and I'm the publisher of Telecom Reseller. And this is a special podcast with Stein Nyhaus, the CEO of Enreach. Stein, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Doug. So this is going to be a really interesting podcast. We're you know entering into the year of 2023. We're walking through now month two. We have a long way to go for this year, and it's I think going to be I think we can all agree a year of change. We're going to be looking at what's coming up. And specifically, we're going to be looking at things such as converged contact solutions, AI, and new ways of working, which require maybe new ways of leading. So we're going to be getting into all that in just a second. Justine, what is Enreach? Enreach is a European uh, provider of converged contact solutions, as we like to call it. So we started off as a uh, voice over IP UCAS provider. We've branched out with mobile telephony, broadband services, contact center services, artificial intelligence, and also productivity. We bring all of that together for the SMB market across Europe uh, in uh, nine different countries right now. So what do you feel the outlook is for 2023? And let me also ask it a different way as we're already now a little bit into the year what are you seeing what are you actually seeing yeah you're right we're already six weeks into the new year so it uh, it feels like we're uh, we're well on our way i think what we're seeing is uh, a holding pattern is what i would call it uh, everybody is not sure yet what will happen now uh, i think we've had three years in a row now that were completely different than we expected. We had uh, one year of COVID, which hit us all like a, a big surprise. Then we thought it was over and it came back again. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, uh, of course, a terrible war in the Ukraine. So I think everybody is uh, prepared for everything now in the, mar- in, in the market and also in the, in, the, in the world economy. So in general, what we're seeing, of course, uh, and I don't have to explain this, but uh, rising interests, people more cautiously looking at investments. Uh, we see uh, also uh, in our specific market, we see people looking more cautiously at what are we buying, but also existing customers looking at how many agents or how many seats do I have? Do I really need that? Can I make things a bit more efficient? So a bit more cost consciousness is uh, for sure what we see. And yeah, like I said, a bit of a holding pattern when it comes to large new investments. Uh, But fortunately, that means for us a really nice pickup of the recurring products that we sell. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it seems almost like at the tail end of, uh, of, you know, before we went into COVID for a moment, and then even into the COVID era, there was a certain extravagance. Um, there was a certain not worrying about cost. Uh, you know, I'll just buy, I'll just buy it new. Oh, don't worry, growth will make it up. Um, hey, don't worry about how much it will cost. Let's hire a bunch of people because we don't want to lose them to other companies. And we saw this behavior. Yeah, I think that's that comes with uh, having free money and uh, all of a sudden, uh, let's be honest, a bit of an exaggerated uh, uh, bubble that started to form around UCAS also during the COVID period with, with perhaps uh, exaggerated in, uh, and inflated expectations, uh, which in the end, uh, I think uh, uh, there was a reality check now after COVID. I mean, I think the world has changed because of COVID. Hybrid working is here to stay. UCAS plays an important part. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I think some of the excesses we've seen during COVID, uh, they, they, a correction was probably needed in the market, and that's what happened. All companies, including a reach, including our customers, we have to think a bit about uh, the costs and look at, hey, what have we been spending in the past few years in this hiring craze, also for us, and how do we continue going forward, and how do we make sure that we're ready for anything, basically, because it's 
difficult to say what will happen this year. Uh, will the will the war continue? Will the interest go further up, or will it flatten out, or even go down slightly already at the end of this year? Yeah, I, I'm not even gonna dare to make a prediction here because I've been wrong already three years in a row. So uh, ready for everything, I would say. That's uh, that's the theme at the moment, and uh, let's see what happens. Well, then, in that case, let's dive into things that maybe are a little closer to our professional homes, and that would be, you know, the world of telecoms, the world of communication. And I'm wondering what, you know, trends you see in our little planet, uh, you know, with uh, technology and uh, those types of things. Yeah, I think, it, as, as I said, we are in nine different markets, but I think the biggest change we are seeing right now is for sure the German market. It's also for us the biggest market that we are active in. And what we see there is that the, the digital transformation, which was accelerated during COVID, so German customers were very, very, very much used to on-prem systems investing as a one-off, started to shift during Corona cautiously already towards more recurring products. And we saw a nice pickup there. That pickup rate, uh, I would say in the second half of 2022 has really exploded and is now continuing into 2023. So it seems like, uh, uh, yeah, we are really seeing the end of on-prem now in the, in the German market, the end meaning uh, the beginning of the end uh, because there's still a large base there, just to be clear. But for us, the majority of our order intake now is recurring. Sometimes it's still on-prem, but the customers pay for it recurring. And in many cases, it's also from the cloud. So I think that's for sure a development that we see uh, and that we expect to continue further in, in 2023, also in markets that so far were slightly lagging there, I would say. Yeah, and mobile. Mobile first uh, has become a big theme. So where uh, a soft phone and a, and a mobile client used to be nice trinkets on top of your UCA solution that uh, were needed to sell in some cases, but were not that much used, they are heavily used right now. They are the key way that our service is being consumed. In the past, this was a fixed hardware phone. Nowadays, it's very much the soft phone. It's very much the mobile app. And what we deliver there really, really matters. So we've been, we have a quite a few versions of our apps now out there in the market. And what we keep investing and keep iterating through new versions to make sure that we are up to par there, uh, both from a, uh, from a functionality and from a reliability perspective, because our customers in many cases don't have anything to fall back on anymore. So I think for me, I think those are two big themes that we, uh, we see. And next to that, of course, uh, uh, clearly, uh, the uh, the hybrid working, which is oh, for sure here to stay, uh, the way that mobile and other services are being integrated, like we are uh, delivering also converged contact solutions. We see a lot more demand for bundles. People much more saying, hey, uh, if I'm buying already from you and, and procuring this service, what if I buy the whole bundle? Is that not more cost efficient also for me? And is it not more efficient for me to deal with only one supplier? So these are all things that we see uh, uh, picking up and, and we expect to continue in 2023. Um, yeah, and I would say uh, one final trend that you could say is, uh, is a little bit also on uh, sustainability, where people are more and more looking at, hey, do we really need to have all those meetings be on the plane uh, from a cost perspective, but also from a sustainability perspective? In Europe, ESG criteria are being more and more strictly monitored and enforced by investors, by the market. Today in the news, uh, Shell uh, uh, was there, uh, actually their uh, directors being sued personally now because they're not doing enough for the environment, according to someone at least. Um, this means it's it's starting to be, uh, ESG is, is becoming more and more something that you, you have to be uh, conscious about. And of course, the services that we provide enable people to work together remotely, not require them to, to travel, uh, to, uh, to, to, to produce a lot of carbon, to have an efficient meeting. And I think that is also something that has uh, put some good wind in our sails. 
Justine, uh, back in June, we did an interview and we talked about converged contact solutions. So maybe let's get an update on that. But, you know, I bet we should maybe redefine the term for, for folks who may not know what exactly that means. Yeah, so for us, it means uh, it starts with UCA. So you have the core PBX functionality at the heart of our converged contact solutions. But what we do is we combine it with other services. We've always combined it with mobile in many, in most of our important markets already for 10 years, we combine it with mobile. So this means you have a normal mobile phone. You don't even need an app. Any call you make is registered and routed through the cloud PBX service, which means we can see if you're busy, if you're on a mobile phone, you can use all the functionality from your cloud PBX straight from your mobile phone. So that's that's one example of converged contact solutions. Uh, but that, of course, is also known as fixed mobile convergence. We've taken this a step further. We've also integrated contact center solutions together with UC solutions and mobile. So, for instance, in Finland, we're delivering a mobile contact center where we deliver contact center services and agents can dial in using just their mobile phone. They don't need to be in the office, which was a big help during COVID when, for instance, one of our larger customers, Finnair, was able to continue to serve their, cust their customers by having agents working from home with just their mobile phone, no equipment there, but it was not a problem. There was a lot of flexibility back there. We've also added productivity recently to it. For us, this means mainly Microsoft services, so Teams, Office 365, where we've integrated it together into one bundle. And then on top of that, also artificial intelligence uh, and, and connectivity is what we deliver. So that means, uh, of course, the numbering schemes, in many cases, broadband, but also uh, smart bots that we've now started to bundle for SMBs. So uh, a, a product we just recently launched is what we call SMB Complete in the Netherlands, where we say, hey, uh, let's democratize uh, technology, the technology here being artificial intelligence. Let's make this accessible for the SMB. So uh, let's make sure that uh, a small restaurant can have a chatbot that, or even a voice bot that negotiates a table with a customer if the server can't answer the phone, for instance, something we launched in Spain. Or for a taxi company, a local taxi company in uh, in Amsterdam, we launched a WhatsApp bot where they could, uh, you just share your location with a number and then automatically a taxi driver will come your way. So it's even quicker than an Uber. So those types of things we deliver also to smaller customers and, 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 and smaller uh, companies. And we do that by adding everything together into one logical bundle. This is what we call converged contact solutions. So bringing all those different services together around in the end, the unified communications PBX service, uh, but making it accessible to a larger audience, all those technologies by basically democratizing it and making it accessible to the smaller businesses as well. This thing, you know, I think it bears repeating before we move on to other topics. I think it under it also involves um, embracing integration with things like Microsoft Teams. Yes, yeah. So, so uh, the, the the productivity part of our converged contact solutions, we see a large pickup there of uh, Teams bundles. So in, uh, in Germany, we are selling a lot of Teams integrated solutions. So our PBX service, the client being embedded into Microsoft Teams, is one of the services that we sell there. Another example is Operator Connect. Uh, we can deliver numbers in many European countries through Operator Connect. Uh, also add value on top of Teams through Operator Connect, and that is something that we see a large pickup as well. So for us, uh, Microsoft Teams, mainly we see larger customers typically uh, using that solution uh, as a PBX as well. But if they decide to do that, we can help uh, put everything together for them. We can even service and sell them the team service as part of a total bundle solution. You know, we, you were talking earlier about uh, all the disruptive nature of the last few years with 
geopolitical events and uh, pandemics, wars, and so on. I'm starting to wonder whether, you know, AI has been with us for a while, but the way all of a sudden AI is showing up in the popular media, especially with things like uh, chat GPT and so on, it suddenly seems like AI is a disruptive game changer on a lot of levels from academics to business. Yeah, I think part of that is hype and part of that is reality. Uh, if you look at chat GPT, yeah, I think uh, uh, today it was also in the news that uh, it gives some really strange answers to some questions. So there are clearly limitations to it. But it, yeah, because of what uh, OpenAI launched with chat GPT, it's clear that they made it extremely democratized the technology because what, what existed so far in a the laboratory, they've made accessible to the general public. And even right. uh, basically everybody could experience the power. Hey, everybody could ask, uh, hey, uh, write in the style of Shakespeare a poem about, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, philanthropy in the 19th century, and you would get a great looking uh, story. There might be some factual uh, inaccuracies in there, it turns out. Sometimes uh, things are not completely correct, but it's amazing what can be done. I was also blown away by it, I must admit. Uh, in a in a much larger sense, or sorry, in a much smaller sense, that's, that's what uh, Enrich is trying to do as well. We are delivering AI services that are consumed through either chatbots or voicebots to the SMB, where uh, a small business is actually very positively surprised. It feels almost magical, which is exactly what we're trying to create as an experience, actually, create contact magic. But it feels to them like magic if all of a sudden they don't need an IVR menu anymore. But if someone calls their business, a voice speaks to them and they ask, hey, can you tell me what you need? And then someone speaks to them and they get basically uh, in touch with the right uh, employee in their company. Now, let's be clear, large banks have had this already for many, many years, uh, but in many cases, not in the Dutch language, by the way. But an SMB having access to this type of technology, that is something completely new. And I think the same goes for uh, for large-scale AI uh, services. So I think the power that we now experience with ChatGPT, it has probably existed for large enterprises and, and uh, in laboratories already for a few years, if I'm honest. But now everybody having access to this and, and really firsthand experiencing what it means, <laughs> yeah, that has opened people's eyes. It has cleared up a lot of investment dollars uh, and has caused, uh, yeah, really an arms race. Yeah? I think this week or last week, was it? Uh, Microsoft, or no, this week, I think, Microsoft and, my, and uh, Google having in one week both an event to launch their new uh, integrated search engine AI assistant. Yeah, that, that really shows it's, uh, it's an arms race uh, towards uh, dominance here. And uh, it is a disruptive technology for the search engine industry, for sure. You know, through all that uh, clutter and noise and so on, do you, uh, do you see there a window of opportunity for the actual MSP market, the channel partner, and also for deployment amongst our enterprise and user readers who will be listening to this. Uh, for sure. I think this is clearly, it, it's technology that is now so mature that it becomes useful and uh, for the typical SMB, if implemented and delivered by a trusted MSP partner and also with the right solution vendor behind it that can deliver an integrated experience. So technology that allows you to design your own voice bot or your own chat bot has existed already for years. So if you are tech savvy uh, and you know what you're doing and, and, and usually you're working in a, in a bit of a larger company, you could already have access to this technology. But standardized bots, standardized uh, uh, bots that book a table, that book a taxi, uh, that connect you to the right person when you're calling a company. So really productized standardized bots, that is something new. And that is something uh, we are also working, for instance, on a standardized voicemail bot that basically can answer the phone on my behalf when I'm not available and figure out how to best get in touch or even schedule an appointment with me 
directly through the phone in many different languages. So that is powerful for everybody, not just enterprises. And it has not been accessible yet to the general public in terms of uh, uh, business telephony clients. And that's what we're trying to do with Enrich. And that's what excites us when we can bring that technology that only exists for the, for the enterprises with deep pockets, make it available for SMBs. You know what, when your team uh, approached us about this podcast, they included this sentence, new ways of working require new ways of leading. And I wonder what that's all about. What do you mean by that? Well, I think when you are uh, working remotely more, uh, which for Enreach uh, was a somewhat new experience, although we are already distributed throughout Europe, of course, but um, you can't rely on your personal charisma. You can't rely on people understanding what you mean automatically. It becomes very important to clearly communicate, to give the, uh, also the right nonverbal communication. So when we talk about new ways of leading, I think what we're talking about is remote leading means uh, uh, yeah, investing a lot in working on the business and not in the business. That's how I would call it. So setting up the right structure for governance, making sure that it's clear who can make which decisions, setting up the right structures for goal setting, for target setting, uh, setting up the right remote communications meetings enabled by Enrich technology, obviously, to make sure that people can get together at the right moments in time and document sometimes needed decisions as well. And at Enrich, we've even taken this a step further, uh, I would say, uh, but that was already for, before Corona. But thanks to this, I think we were well prepared uh, by implementing uh, holacracy, which means we are already self-organized, which means our governance and how we make decisions is very, very clearly documented in an online tool. Uh, it is also often changed, not just by me, but by people on the working level who can say, hey, I actually think we could organize this process a little bit better. Then they put forward a proposal. The proposal is automatically answered with yes, great idea, unless someone proves it causes harm that is irreversible. So we really adapt a culture of change. Uh, we adopt a culture of change in Enrich, uh, not just uh, on the level of our products, but also on the level of our organization, which enables people to quickly adapt to market circumstances. So for me, new ways of uh, working require new ways of leading. It means the world around us is changing rapidly. Uh, it becomes increasingly important. You can't rely on, um, yeah, how do you call this? Uh, the the political systems that exist in companies where everybody goes to the same office every day. Yeah? Then it's clear, hey, this guy makes all the decisions. That guy, look, look, just look at him going there. When you're working remote and you're joining a new company, how do you know all of this? How do you figure it out? I think then a good online governance tool, a good online system. Uh, combined with a good methodology for organization uh, uh, makes you more uh, able to be onboarded into a new company quickly. It also enables a company to make quicker decisions. And for me, that means less hierarchy and more distribution of power. Uh, and that's personally also something I strongly believe in. And it's a way of working we've adopted at uh, Enreach. And more and more companies are following, I must say, uh, because hierarchical decision making and hierarchical steering is very much reliant on yeah the person that is sometimes uh, uh, the bottleneck and that has uh, uh, the hierarchy below him or her. And for me uh, and for us, we feel that it's too big of a risk. And when you are working remotely, you need different channels and distributed uh, systems that make sure that if someone is unavailable, the business can continue. And we're not waiting for someone to make that important decision, but we move forward anyway. Uh, and then later, let's see if we can need to wind something back, but not making a decision 
in my view, is much worse than making the wrong decision sometimes and, uh, and rolling that back. So I think that's, for me, uh, if I would summarize it, is, is the new way of leading that we have uh, adopted at Enrich. So Stan, you know, as we uh, finish up our podcast today, there was a term that you had discussed with me right before our podcast called holacracy and holocratic. And could you tell me what that's all about? Yeah, so holacracy is a, is a form of uh, sociocracy. And it means it, uh, it's self-organization. So uh, it doesn't mean self-steering, but self-organization, which means the steering still comes from the top, as you would say. So I am the uh, the, the circle lead, as it's called, from uh, for our organization. I set the priorities and I determine the resources. But how the organization then organize, organizes itself around that and around our purpose, which is actually the most important thing we've defined in our organization, is up to the organization itself. So people could choose to have one team responsible for customer support and sales, or they could do separate teams for sales and customer support. And those would be proposals and changes that can be made in the organization rather quickly without requiring consent from the top, basically. So it's a, it enables fast decision-making. Another key principle of holacracy is that um, uh, you are, uh, there's a person and there's roles. So what, what holacracy makes really clear is that every person usually fills multiple roles in a typical company. And by making those roles explicit, so uh, you could have a role in sales, you could have a role uh, cleaning up the coffee machine, you could have a role uh, helping out with support or doing some pre-sales sometimes. Uh, and usually that would not be part of your function profile, but you would do it anyway and people would find out that you're doing it as they're working longer in the company. We make clear that, that you basically document all those roles that you fill. So that means that it's much more clear the value that you are delivering. It also means, uh, as we like to call it, that the implicit organization and the explicit organization are the same. It means if you come into Enreach, you can actually look at the org chart and know how we're organized. You can look at your roles. You can know what the organization expects from you uh, and what the purpose is of the work that you're doing here, how it contributes to the general purpose. All of that is 100% transparent. And that, for me, it was really eye-opening because in a typical hierarchically organized company, you would enter into a, a company, you would get a function profile on which you were hired. You can throw it into the shredder, right? Who, who reads that? And then you get an org chart, which shows you who's in charge. But then to find out how to actually do your job and get things done that enable you to do your job, that takes six months to make sure, to find out what the political system is, how people are, are doing things. So the implicit organization is not written down in a traditional organization. What we do is we say, we accept the fact that there are many different influencers and many different things happening. We make all of that explicit. We all document it. We change it every day if we have to, to make sure that the reality is reflected. And by doing so, we enable everybody to have complete transparency on how decisions are made, who is responsible for what, uh, where are the resources located to make sure that, yeah, basically uh, when you have 1200 people like we do, we don't spend a lot of time on politics, but we can spend time on our purpose and on realizing business results. Gee, I really like that. Uh, that that's that's a good jumping point for our next podcast, but uh, we'll, I know we're going to end up talking about that soon. I know we're going to end up talking soon about a lot of these other topics. This is our ongoing podcast series with you guys. I really want to thank you today for joining me today and giving us a big overview of what's happening and also some of the big opportunities out there for our readers and listeners. Where can we learn more about Enreach? Well, obviously on our website, enreach.com. 
uh, but also uh, uh, there's a lot of information that you can find uh, uh, on uh, on our uh, on our LinkedIn page. We have Twitter, uh, we have uh, Instagram nowadays. I think uh, also uh, if you want to, you can send me an email, uh, and I'm happy to, uh, to, uh, to to talk about it. So I would say plenty of sources. Ask one of our customers. We are now rebranded as Enreach in nine different European countries, all with their own local website as well and their local services that are available there. So I would say many different sources for information. Uh, and I'm sure we can put a link below this nice podcast uh, somewhere to uh, to make sure people can find us. We will. All right. And 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 with that, thank you very much, Stein, for joining me today.